everyone. I'm Kirsten Moorfield. Welcome to People Are Complicated, a podcast produced by Cloverleaf, where we dive into all the ways that people are complicated at work and how you can turn those moments of tension into deep relationships and work that makes you proud. Joanna. Kirsten, this is exciting. I am excited to be talking to you on our podcast. Everybody, this is Joanna. I always want to call you Joanna Gaines. Did you know this? This is Joanna Harvey. Joanna Harvey is our director of marketing here at Cloverleaf, and we just published a really fantastic free resource for new managers, but also existing managers. So Joanna, how about you tell everyone about this? So we were inspired by new managers who were taking over teams for the very first time. It's really a huge transition to move from individual contributor to all of a sudden you're in charge of an entire team. And people do this at various points in their careers. Sometimes they get the opportunity really early in their career, like I did, Mm -hmm. and I'll talk about my experience with that, or they do it later on in their career. But there's still a big transition that happens during that moment in time. So we created this resource, this playbook, specifically addressing people who are brand new to a management role. Great. Why do you think that's important when you're new to a management role to have, have this resource? I think so often people are not adequately prepared for a team management role. So in my case, I was fresh out of college. I was a manager with Walmart. I was suddenly tasked with opening a new division within a store. How old do you think you were? I was 22. Oh my gosh. 22. (laughs) Here, I had to go hire on a train, onboard a team, get an entire store set up, my own little department within the store and really had no resources to adequately know how to hire people, talk to people, coach people, lead people, nothing, right? I did a couple of, I think, online courses and that was it. And I had no real mentor in that situation either. And so thinking back to my own experience of becoming a manager, a team manager at that moment in my career, I really could have used a resource like what we've put together here. And so there's a lot of heart and soul and passion mm-hmm. put into this particular playbook that we've yeah. created. It's very personal to you. What do you think are some of the pains that came from not being adequately prepared for that role? Oh, goodness. Let's talk about the fact that I didn't know how to manage conflict within my team. You oh, know, gosh. especially a new yeah. team, hiring all new people. They've never worked together before. And so we'll talk and do a deep dive more into conflict how to coach people toward their best performance and doing what we wanted them to do versus just, okay, here's the checklist of all of the things that you need to get done today, walk away, and then check back in with them to make sure that they got done, right? Right. That's more managerial and not actually leadership. Yeah. And so it was also a big challenge for me around that. I remember, like, I, I don't think I had, like, a conscious expectation of this, but I just remember when I got to, like, the professional world, I was so surprised that you know, people don't just do their checklist or like that sometimes there isn't even a clear checklist or that like people do bring emotions to work and get frustrated with each other and there can be conflict. I think I just like unconsciously assumed like grown-ups in the professional world just like have it together, do what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do and get along while doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it turns out people are complicated and that's just not the case. And so that introduces specific challenges to mm-hmm those who then lead the lead people to do mm-hmm. not only to to hopefully have a good experience but also be really effective in their work 
And so, yeah, cool. I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a great topic to talk about, and so I'm excited to share this series with everyone. Is there anything else you can give as a preview, as kind of a hook for people to understand, like what are the episodes that are going to be coming out, what topics will we cover? So there are so many topics that we cover in this playbook. We talk about what coaching means versus management and what that looks like. We Mm -hmm. talk about how to work through conflict. We talk about how to have difficult conversations. We talk about leading through change and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So there are so many different leading virtual teams. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's talking about how to lead a virtual team, but we'll talk about real engagement around that as uh, well. Yeah, that's a good one. Another one of my favorites that I know we're going to be talking about is active listening. Yes. It's like a learned skill. It's not a not a, not a easy, natural thing to do. And that's actually one of the things I've heard you talk about, Joanna, is that in general, leadership management they're, they're not intuitive. They're actually learned skills. Exactly. And so that's why we created the playbook the way that we did, to help people learn these skills and then to actively practice them with their team. So Yes, because yes. you have to actually put it into practice yes. and then learn learn by how it goes and adjust over time. I think what's so interesting about your specific example, Joanna, is you were 20 too. So you didn't even have examples of people who had managed you for the past five, ten years before you were thrown into that situation. I had kind of a similar example. I was 25. And so I had like two, three more years than you. But I, I just remember I specifically was always the person who was like watching the boss and being like, I could do that better. Mm-hmm. Oh, why, why did, why did he say that? Oh, this, what, why isn't he thinking about this? And then when I got to be in the position, I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I don't actually know what everyone else is thinking. Like, are mm-hmm. they thinking this of me or they think I could be doing better? And then also like what was evident to me in observing is really unnatural in practicing. And then another thing that you've called out is that like, maybe you took a couple of like online courses. But most managers have never been trained in management. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like 69% of managers have never been trained. And at the same time, we all know this very obvious statistic of the number one reason why people leave jobs is because they're boss. Yes. So what exactly. pressure? <laughs> Huge it's, pressure, right? It's yeah. not even the organizational no. leadership. It's their direct boss. Right. And so the more that we can do to empower people to be great managers, great bosses, the better mm-hmm. off we're all going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, because they're they're thrown into a position. Hey, welcome, you're a new manager. You're not really equipped or trained. Also, you're now the most important linchpin of this team and mm-hmm. of this organization for the experience that these individuals are going to have in this, in, in this organization. So, yeah, super. I'm really excited about this, too, because it's so important for the organization, but it's also so important for every single individual because we all have managers. We've all had good and bad experiences. And so as we can empower managers, we're really creating a ripple effect throughout people's lives and organizations. So where can people find this playbook? So people can find this playbook, cloverleaf.me, and we have an entire page dedicated to Boss to Coach playbook. You can download the playbook, watch videos about it. We even have an audiobook version, Perfect. which is fantastic, yes. right? For people who don't want to sit there and read the book, that's fine. We have an audio version that they can listen to in their car or as they go about their day. That's actually an episode of People Are Complicated. It is. So you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever yes. you can find this podcast. YouTube. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, everyone go and get the book, but also we are going to do a podcast episode about every single chapter. All right, and we are going to talk about chapter one. Joanna, what is chapter one all about? Chapter one is all about management versus leadership and what that looks like. And I think this is such a huge topic, right? Going back to not really adequately prepared at that key moment that I took over a team at Walmart, hiring, onboarding, training these people. Um, I did a couple of online courses. I did study management in undergrad, a couple courses, but not all that helpful because a lot of those just really focused on holding people accountable, creating task lists, making sure that you create the right expectations, but doesn't necessarily talk about how to set the vision with people around what you're trying to accomplish and giving them the freedom to be able to do some of that work and figure that out on their own. And so it's constantly walking the balance as a new team manager on how much do you do in terms of management activities, of giving people here's the checklist of the work that we need to get done, go execute, and then you hold them accountable and go back in and do that and balance that with setting the vision of what you're trying to accomplish as the organization or as a team. So you mean people aren't robots? People are not robots. Task lists won't just get it all done. And also, you know, you can't always approach it as, I'm going to set this grandiose vision. Sometimes you really do need to break it into a task list for people to be able to accomplish that. So can you, are you saying we need both? We need both. We need both. And the finer point of team management and leadership is understanding how to balance the two of those. And Mm -hmm. that's where coaching comes in, is really understanding when to help create the task lists and (laughs) when to set more of a vision and allow people to approach the work however that needs to be done or talking to them and understanding how to guide them in that moment and what support looks like for them. Got it. Okay, so so we need management, which mm-hmm. is the clarity, the expectations, the accountability. We need leadership, which is the vision, the bigger picture, understanding people's motivations. And we need coaching to help us balance when it's the right time for which one. Exactly. Okay, so talk more about the coaching side. How can we help people understand when to intuit which one it's time for? One of that is a finder moment, right? And mm-hmm. learning what works best for your people mm-hmm. and knowing each person individually too. Mm-hmm. And there are people on my team even today that I do, they're newer to the organization. So we're doing more lists and tasks. I don't want to say completely task. I'm also mm-hmm. giving them the broader vision of what we're trying to do, but also breaking the work down a little bit more for mm-hmm. them in this moment mm-hmm. because I want them to feel successful as they're coming on board for the first time mm-hmm. and understanding how they can contribute to the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I do more of that up, up front with some of our new newer team members Mm -hmm. and then with others it's setting more of the vision and the groundwork on this is where we're headed help help me frame out what the work needs to look like Mm -hmm. and what we need to accomplish to get there so one thing I hear you saying is when people don't have a broad enough context more management and clarity Mm -hmm. is helpful because they want to be successful Mm -hmm. and you don't want to just throw them to the wolves like "Eh, go figure it out and then for in other scenarios, when people have a lot more broader context, they've been here a while, 
or you know, there's other reasons why they might have more context, then there's that's an opportunity for more freedom and just giving more like goals as opposed to specific tasks. Exactly. And then, you know, going back to your question about when to coach, right? Mm-hmm. You use coaching actually in both of those scenarios. It's mm-hmm. not only used in one or the other, right? There are times when if if a project is more task list associated, right? You're going to use coaching to help people get through that task list and understand what some of the holdups are, how you can best support them. A lot of the same conversations that you can have when you approach it more from a vision setting perspective. Mm-hmm. And here's what we're trying to accomplish, right? We need to um, figure out a content plan for this target customer as we move forward into 2023. Mm-hmm. So that might be a broader vision setting. Okay, here are, how can I best support you as we figure out what we want that content vision to look like? Mm-hmm. And so you can have coaching conversations in both. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have those real coaching conversations to help guide people mm-hmm. and to help them feel supported. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Joanna, what is coaching? I think that's a great question. Everyone's going to have a little bit different definition. Well, let's of talk it. about it in the context think, of this book, right? So, what is the coaching? How do people know if they're coaching? What are the behaviors of coaching? Like, what is coaching for a, a boss? So, how we define it in this book is enabling real conversations between mm-hmm. team manager and their direct reports that talk about things that are, how do you feel supported? Mm. What kind of support do you need? How do you think that we could approach this together? So problem solving together. And so that's something that we talk about in this book. We also have some great supplemental materials that we have put out, particularly in trade shows, conferences, when we meet people, when they become new clients of Cloverleaf, we Mm -hmm. like to send a little care package that includes our conversation cards that really help new managers and even existing team managers to have those real coaching conversations with their people. So I've got an example of a, of a coaching conversation. So I actually just had it this morning. So we were talking about goals. We set you know Q4 goals through our OKR system here at Cloverleaf. And I was talking with one of our product managers and we had kind of set this big goal and I talked to him about like, hey, what are the challenges we're facing here and what are we seeing here? And we both then like kind of stepped back because I I thought that like the goal was not really the right place for us to be focusing. But if I just came in and I was like, hey, that's the wrong goal, change it to this. Like, well, then there's no ownership. Like there's no buy-in from him of like, oh, that's exactly what we should do. (laughs) Like then there's just kind of like, Kirsten came in and pooped all over my idea, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we stepped back and, and said, like, well, what, what are the challenges we're facing in getting to that goal? What are the metrics that we're seeing that are being successful? And kind of realized, like, oh, we're focusing on this, like, step way down the line, but what we need to focus on is the very beginning of the process, right? And so we moved the goal, like, 10 steps earlier and created a lot of clarity and vision. And so my, I hope that example is helpful in just showing like coaching conversations are when, can be prompted when you see something that's a little bit off and you can't just like come in and say, nah, just do it this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. and, and it's about asking questions and it's mm-hmm. about guiding. And, and also in that conversation, I learned new things. That if I had come in and said, hey, this goal is wrong, change it to this. what I would have said would have been the wrong goal. Like we Mm -hmm. arrived at the better decision together because Mm -hmm. I had things to learn, but I also had perspective to give 
that I didn't want to just dive in and dump on him. I wanted I wanted us to have a, a two-way conversation about it. So mm-hmm. is that a good example of a That's coaching a conversation? That's a great example yeah. because as a manager, as a boss, you could have just approached it on, no, here's the new goal. We're going to go ahead and get the system updated, and this is what we're going to work against. Mm-hmm. As a leader, you could have approached it on the vision setting. Okay, now I'm going to let you problem solve. But I love in this particular example, you set the vision, and then you helped to navigate through the, okay, this is what the goal or the OKR actually needs to say. So you moved from that leadership position mm-hmm. into kind of more of a management, okay, let's block and tackle this together mm-hmm. and come up with what is going to ultimately be the best result. So making that transition from management to a leadership role and figuring out how to leverage coaching, that's really the right path for people to think about as they start to take over teams or they're leading teams for maybe even the 20th time that Mm -hmm. they've done it. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, always something that we're working toward as a team leader is to walk that balance between those two and to think about it from a coaching mindset on how do you set the vision and then enable people and guide people through figuring out what the best path forward looks like. Yep. And one of the keys to that is empathy, which we are going to talk about next in chapter two. And then also stay tuned, everyone, because we are going to talk about in our next chapters, the rest of this book, what are all of the practices, exercises, unique challenges that you might come up against? And we're going to talk through some more details of of how to really lean into coaching for your people. Chapter two, empathy. Yes. What is empathy, Joanna? Oh my goodness. Empathy is a really hard one. Um, We we talk about humility and empathy. We've talked about it in previous podcast episodes that you've done with Dr. Scott Dust. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's really core to our brand here at Cloverleaf and what we do with our product too, right? We're trying to inspire um, empathy between people. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so hard is empathy is really understanding how you can help fill each other's gaps. And it's really coming to a deeper understanding. So we talk about how humility in this book is, I don't have all of the answers. And I think coming to that as an as a team manager, you always wanna walk in and feel like you're the most knowledgeable person in the room to a certain degree, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're taking over a new team, mm-hmm. you wanna inspire that confidence, yep. mm-hmm. fake it till you make it, which can be yep. really dangerous, right? Yep. If you can't get to the point where you say, I don't really know what our answer at this organization is, but in my previous experience, or help help advise me on how we have done that here. Mm-hmm. I think coming to that conclusion um, inspires this idea of humility. Mm-hmm. Empathy, being able to understand where other people are coming from and knowing how they can help fill that knowledge gap for you, especially mm-hmm. walking in as a new team manager and what that looks like, right? There's so much that you need to learn. So probably walking in with a level of skill set and competence around doing a specific job, that doesn't mean necessarily understanding how that team does the job, how the organization does the job. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so I hear you saying the first step to empathy is humility. Yes. And I think that's challenging, especially for new managers, because we can feel the pressure of, oh, somebody asked a question, I need to tell them the answer. And you're saying, no, 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 free yourself from that pressure and embrace that one of the best things is knowing when you don't know 
-hmm. and being able to say, hmm, I don't have that answer. Yes. Let's discover that together. Discover it together and also being proactive and reaching out and knowing who the right people on the team are to help Mm -hmm. inform. And, you know, one of the best things I love about Cloverleaf, coming in as a new manager with Cloverleaf, Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of an existing team when I walked in the door. It was great to be able to go into Cloverleaf's dashboard, the team dashboard. Yep and look at the strengths of the people on my team mm-hmm. and know where I fit in with, with those strengths and what I could leverage them for. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's so important. Like I can think of people I manage who are just so vastly <laughs> different. And so mm-hmm. empathy with each of them actually looks different. I also think that part of this key with humility of I don't have the answers is actually empowering to your people because it's giving them an opportunity to bring up the knowledge that they have and have room to come to their own conclusions together. So I think that's one of the, a really, really important key to this equation. Letting them bring the own, their own answers up and also giving them the ability to say, I don't know either. And so as a new manager, okay, well then let's figure this out together. Mm-hmm. And so yep. giving them that confidence of, well, they don't have to have the answers all of the time because we certainly don't either. And so let's figure this out. Joanna, you're a woman. I'm a woman. Yes. Do you think that plays into this? Absolutely. As a woman, we're held to a different standard mm-hmm. on what humility and empathy look like so? and confidence in particular. <sighs> because if we fully admit that it, all of the t- we don't have the answer, don't have the answer, even it doesn't even matter how you say it, it can come across that you're not a confident person. Mm-hmm. And is this person actually able to lead our team? Yep. And so you have to walk that really fine balance of humility let's figure out the answers together and still in instilling i've got this under control our team is headed in the right direction yeah so you and i have talked about this a good bit before off 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 the microphone and actually scott dust dr dust and i did an episode of the 11 differences in the workplace and we specifically dug into gender with humility and confidence we'll link that in the show notes because it's Fascinating. It's 10 short minutes, super interesting, chock full of studies that do actually show if, if women show confidence, we're dinged for it. We're seen yes. as aggressive. Mm-hmm. Whereas if men show confidence, they're given bonus points, right? If men show humility, they're given bonus points. If women show humility, we are dinged for that too. Sounds like we don't know what we're doing and that we're just not able to take on the team in the way that we were expected to. Yeah. And one of the things you and I have talked about with this, Joanna, is that you've actually experienced this a lot more than I have in your career. And different workplaces, different cultures actually can either make this true, where, you know, confidence or humility as a woman is dinged. Or other workplaces are, are just not built that way, where it, it's, it's more like women can just be the same as men, right? So what advice do you have for women who might be in a culture where it, they are kind of dinged both ways on, on this topic? I think when I've run into this situation before, and there's one particular manager or boss that I can think of where it became really apparent that I was going to struggle as a female leader working for him. And of course, I was the only female leader at the company too. Oh gosh, wow. So it makes it even more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like at that point, the pressure, and I was the first 
first female leader that they had had at the company. So it was the first and the only wow. okay. female leader. Okay. And so that puts a different level of pressure, right? Because then I feel like I'm being, I'm the proxy for how they're going to judge moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really, really big challenge. And also just trying to have those really honest conversations with who I was reporting to as the CEO at that moment in time became even more challenging. And so if I approached anything that was a an honest, forthright type of conversation, I was seen as being emotional in that moment. Oh. And was specifically told on, you have a very emotional response when we talk about these types of things. <laughs> okay. Which is a trigger word. <laughs> okay, so for everyone listening, you, Joanna, are like the steadiest leader on our team. <laughs> so that is... <laughs> funny to me for someone to call you emotional because you are like easy even keel yes I am very even keel very (laughs) calm in fact my husband will love to hear this that you know because he gets the crazy at home sometimes that I'm very at work I'm very calm and very professional and so yeah and so when I those are trigger words oh gosh it's hard to not react in that moment yeah and so you know I kept calm straightforward okay, this is how he's feeling, I'm reacting, and I don't Mm -hmm. think I am because I'm asking questions and trying to challenge, not challenge, but trying to ask questions and understand why we're headed in the direction that we are. Right. I'm now being told that I'm being emotional in my response. So we take a pause, and then we came back to that conversation later as a one-on-one on, okay, what triggered that Mm -hmm. what did you see happening in that moment in time Mm -hmm. and how can we move forward together Mm -hmm. knowing that this is not we're not headed down a good path right at this moment in time okay so you actually in that scenario you know when you could tell that you were kind of being dinged as a woman right Mm -hmm. you just probably politically correctly like found a way to end the conversation and then later brought up a conversation about how the conversation was going. Not about what you were talking about, but but like, hey, let's talk about our relationship and how we're working together. I couldn't, with this particular person, I couldn't approach it from a let's talk about a relationship. Because that would sound like an emotional woman. That would be an emotional <laughs> woman. And also just what I knew about his personality, that wasn't going to be a way to get a real conversation going with okay. him. Okay. So how did you do and it? And so I mapped out talking points and we did. We went back. I said, when you... When we were talking through this and I reacted this way, and so I called out how I reacted, which mm-hmm. in the words that I said in that moment of, okay, I don't, you know, I don't think this will work because X, Y, Z, I said, how could, how could we have that conversation in a more fruitful way that we can come to a better re- resolution? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that. But I couldn't call out the fact that there is. Yeah, totally. That That, that is... That is a really... I couldn't say, let's work through our relationship. No, No, you can't. That would not work with this particular individual. You are totally right. You you can't do that. Yeah, I I get that. Um, Gosh, yeah, it's so interesting, the sticky scenarios women in particular can find themselves in. So I, I thankfully haven't had those situations, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, I did have good male leader. I actually was the first woman leader in a previous company as well, but I think my boss was really great at backing me up. I do think that there were 
some, you know, cultural things in the company that made it so that it wasn't going to be a good long-term situation for myself, which I think weren't just gender related. So ultimately I'm not there anymore, (laughs) but I do think that's an important thing, men and women to be thinking about. Um, Men can help empower this for women and also just challenge our, you know, our own assumptions of, do I think this person is, am am I actually filtering this through a bias of like, Mm -hmm. oh, this person is asking me, logical questions am I jumping to they're emotional or am I just actually able to myself practice empathy and practice humility and listen to these questions um and then yeah I I think also as women you know we we so in some scenarios unfortunately we need to watch that Joanna I know what you did is when we were hiring you which I'm so glad you came and joined us I know you looked at our website to see, like, do we have other female leaders? Are you going to yes. be the first? What is mm-hmm. our culture? I, you told me there was a picture of me and my son when he was a little toddler mm-hmm. of us at a whiteboard together at Cloverleaf. And you said, oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Love this is, that. This is, that is awesome. Yeah. Which is, I loved hearing mm-hmm. that, too, because I don't think about that picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, ha- part, of, part of the key here for some women might be when you're looking for your next role, make sure mm-hmm. that some of these things are already in place. Absolutely. That was a, definitely, I did scope out the website. I saw the picture with your son and I went, so there's permission to not only be a female leader here, but to embrace everything that we have going on in our lives, which for you and I is both family. We both have children that we're raising as we're trying to be successful businesswomen. Mm -hmm. And so that was really, really important to me. And exactly that. And then it was great when I joined Cloverleaf and I would sit, especially on our all-team calls, and people had their babies on their laps and kids Mm -hmm. were in the background. And it wasn't in this form of chaos, right? It wasn't necessarily chaotic and people have dogs barking. It's just right normal work from home life. But it was nice to feel like Cloverleaf really embraced that as our Mm -hmm. organization, as our company culture, that... We do think about our people beyond just the work that they do. Yep. And it's okay if your kid is sick from school or you got a baby, you're not mm-hmm. going to necessarily send it off to the sitter. It's yep. okay that they're on the conference call with us yep. today. It's fine. And, and it's not a distraction. It's life just acceptable in its <laughs> life, right? And it's another part of empathy. It's right. showing like we're whole humans. It's okay mm-hmm. to be whole humans. And I understand that everyone listening to this might be like, that would be unacceptable in my workplace. But there yes. are things that we can do, especially managers, but even non-managers. Like there are things we can do to nudge and influence our culture towards a place of empathy where the mm-hmm. whole person is, is safe here. Exactly. All right, Joanna, this has been so fun. Uh, We're going to close out this episode on empathy. And next time, we are going to go into chapter three, which is building trust. Stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. That's all we've got for you this time. Thank you for tuning in to People Are Complicated. I'm your host, Kirsten Moorfield. If you are enjoying this podcast, please tell your friends, leave us a review, help more people find it because we believe that we're all human and we all can grow from a better understanding of ourselves and each other at work. So if it's helpful to you, please help other people find the podcast. Tune in next time as we dig more into the tensions we all experience at work and how those moments can guide us to actually having better relationships at work and doing more impactful work that we're actually proud of. 
We believe that every team can love working together, including your team. So go to cloverleaf.me to sign up for a free trial where you can have unlimited teammates, take free personality assessments, and see how those assessments turn into daily coaching nudges in your inbox to transform the way you work. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.